welcome to another episode of Unchattered Christian. On today's episode, we are going to be having our emotion series. And the emotion series is a segment where we get to talk about various emotions that we may face as Christians and how we could overcome these emotions and combat them. We see characters in the Bible who have faced these emotions. It could be anger, it could be pain, it could be greed, it could be grief, it could be lust. And then we get to know, oh, how could we navigate these emotions? How can we be better equipped for when these emotions come around? Because as humans, we are emotional beings. And so I wouldn't be doing this alone. I would have with me in the studio, our facilitator and our special guest, Pastor Robert, who happens to be a pastor and also a cognitive behavioral therapist. So he's going to be leading us to see how the mind works in this and also how we could overcome this emotions with the scripture. The emotion that we are going to be facing that we are going to be tackling is lust. Now, how can we overcome lust? What happens when we're faced or we're caught in the web of lust? What do we do as Christians? You want to know more? Let's delve right into it and enjoy the conversation. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a beautiful woman bait. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. Okay, um, so I, I think it's important people understand what lust is, right? Um, so that we don't we don't cause more troubles um, than solve solve them, because knowledge is important when it comes to these things. In a quest to in a quest to solve people's problems, the church at times have caused more problems because we do not leave proper definition of stuff. So it's important that we understand. First of all, because the Bible talks about, and we're going to get to it, the Bible talks about desire. The Bible says, a man through desire, having separated himself, intermediate with all wisdom. So you see, Paul speaking again said, uh, desire spiritual gifts. So there's nothing wrong with desire. And the reason why I'm talking about desire is because we can talk about lust, without talking about desire. Mm. In the quest to talk about uh, fornication, adultery is a sin. We, we, we almost made sex look like a bad thing. Mm. Do you understand? When sex was instituted by God, do you understand? Yeah. So it's a, it's a gift of God to humanity that is supposed to be practiced within the four walls of marriage. We, we understand that. So let, let, let's not go on talking about certain things and then uh, we even cause more cognitive dissonance for a lot of people listening. So. Um, Lost basically, uh, desire is okay, but lost is unholy desire. Do you understand? Wow. Lost is unholy desire. So it's desire outside the framework of of what God has instituted. If if you if you get what I'm saying. So you see, David, there would have been no problem for David to look at his wife and desire her that way, until he went outside the framework. He went outside the four walls of what was legal before God. Let me use that word, right? So, so it, it's it's where people begin to have issues because people can lust after good things, in quote. In fact, most almost everybody lusting after a thing is lusting after something that is good to desire. If you get my point, right? So it's okay to desire sex, but within the frameworks. If you get my point. So, uh, and this is where a lot of we have well, we are having issues with lots of young people because they are now growing and beginning to desire things. There is no child, as we, we give back to children, as they begin to grow and mature, right? Yeah. Desiring things is part of growth. 
Do you understand? Desiring thing, things is part of growth. As a child, there are things you would desire. As an adult, there are things you would desire. As when I was a child, I used to love cartoons a lot. You know, then it was okay to love cartoon that way. It was okay to be for cartoon to be the primary thing I watch. But right now, it feels weird for me to even be drawn to a, a cartoon. I'm just trying to show you how that as I grow, I begin to desire other things. Right? Same thing with sex. As people grow, as they mature, they'll begin to desire things. But the moment, let, let me show you where you know you you know there is an issue, especially when the desire begins to take you. Nothing is supposed to have dominion over you. And, and this is the first thing you should begin to note about something that's moved from desire to lust, right? Yeah. Is that it begins to have control over you. So that the moment you begin, the moment you start having feelings and you begin to desire, that thing overtakes you. Sorry? Like you begin to act in it. Either you, whether you just think about it, there are thoughts that just take, oh, that have okay, a stronghold. Oh. So when you read the scripture when it talks about uh, talks about stronghold, that's what we're talking about, right? It's not it's not necessarily like necessarily like a demon, but anything that has hold over you, so you can't easily pull yourself away from it. You can't easily just say, "This thought, stop now. I'm not thinking this way." You understand? It takes you. You can't stop until ultimately it drags you into what is not right. That is lost. It's a desire that is not right. Because the, the truth is, no desire should have dominion over man, even if it's desire for Coca-Cola. So we're not even talking about just alcohol here, yeah. drugs, uh, cocaine, or anything, or, or any of those uh, substance people abuse. I'm even saying if you have desire for something and you can't control yourself, there's something wrong. There's only one person you should desire that much. It's God. So anything that rises that high, something is wrong, and oftentimes it will come through the gateway of lust. No wonder Apostle Paul said that um, all things are lawful to me, but not all things should are be expedient. mastered. Yes, to be mastered by mm-hmm. him. So I think I understand where you're coming from now. How nothing should be mastered um, by you, whereby you can't now begin to now do without it. Is that what you mean? Nothing should have dominion, dominion. over you. Because oh. when we, you look at Genesis chapter one, yes. he says, "Let us make man." After our image, after our likeness, and letting him have dominion. So man was created. Man was created a being that should have dominion, not a being that should be subdued, or not a being that things should have dominion over. Right? The only one who has the right to have dominion over man is God. And now, note this: even His dominion over man is by the free will of man. So, so if a man, yeah, by the free will of man, so God will never force anyone. So if his dominion is going to walk over you, you are the one that will come and say, come and be Lord and Savior. You get the point? So, but is that what drugs, uh, is that what uh, drugs do to people? The moment, you know, he still uses your dominion though. However, the moment he lays hold of you, it will never let go. So now coming to lust, you're saying lust now is a desire for probably sex or someone else that who is not within the legal framework now has dominion over it. So it's mm-hmm. it's overcoming your thoughts, it's overcoming your mind, and then before you know you begin to act on it. As a believer now, young old who now begins to have this desire. Is this desire normal to come it's around? It's normal to have. That's why I spoke about maturing. Right, so as you mature, it's only normal that you you begin to desire certain things. Then everything starts, so it's normal. The issue now is it having dominion over you. 
so now the question is i begin to have this desire or it just begins to come up how if i was david at our roof and i begin to behold and this desire is coming oh obviously he didn't plan to go on the roof to see someone basically he saw the person what happens next how do i as a believer control these desires how do i as a believer stay true to what i i know in my mind how do i get my body to become subject to this most preachers make the mistake of making it all about the body the body is only the the body only does the air is the end product of the whole stuff because something started somewhere before the body begins to do something it started in your mind first it starts in your mind your mind is like the ground first because if you win in your mind you can be sure your your body body will be safe so so that's why i went to what he said about uh uh presenting your body living sacrifice only acceptable unto god but how are you going to do that he now says that the weapons of our warfare are not canal but they are mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds right casting down imagination every thought right bring it to captivity every thought do you understand every actor exalts itself against their knowledge these things are happening in the soul almost everything you just said about the weapons of your warfare is talking about your soul right i'm not even talking about the spirit yet now i'm talking about your soul why because he's saying the weapons of our warfare are not canal but they are mighty through god so you see you need god because the might of the weapons you're going to use to fight this battle is god so they are mighty through god to what first the pulling down of strongholds desires that now lay hold of that when they lay hold of you they don't let you go that's what you now call a stronghold this desire has a stronghold because sometimes these kids don't want to go so when they come they will want to like you know try and take control that's the main thing so whatever the bait they give you the pleasure is the bait the moment you take that bait it lays hold of you it's what you do with fishing you place a bait, but as soon as the fish takes the bait, yeah. the hook has a stronghold. Yeah. So the fish wants to get away, yeah. but it can't get away. So what's the bait? It's caught. What's the bait? The image it shows. The pleasure. Is it the pleasure? Or it's the image? often it's the pleasure, right? So it's the pleasure you get from that thing. Even the image, if it does not what's seem the like the image. But what I'm saying, for instance, for David now, I feel his bait was seeing her. So that seeing the woman. If the sight was not pleasurable. He would not have would they have lost it after her? her? No. So no. you even see the same thing was done to Eve now. The Bible says, yeah. and when she Eve saw, saw, saw that, it that it was good, good. do you understand? Yeah. If she didn't see that it was good, there's no way she would take the bait. Yeah. So the thing is that the whether it is that you saw it or you heard it, is the pleasure that comes with that thing. The pleasure of seeing something like so that, that, or the pleasure of hearing something. In our day to day life, the, oh, the, 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 the enemy <laughs> is trying to always put baits in front of us. In fact, without even knowing, because sometimes you're on the internet and next thing you see a girl pop up with, uh huh, and then you're, they're like asking you to click something, but like you know, oh, you're walking on the road and then you see someone, you know, every day they're like baits in front of you, baits and triggers, baits and triggers. So, how do you guard your heart? Okay, so this is as a know, believer who wants to stay very powerful question God. because now, what most people say, okay, so to guard my heart, since this is largely the this is largely a war I fight at the soul level to guard my heart now I'm not watching movies if you've seen something like that I say you're no longer watching the devil doesn't need you not to watch pornography what he needs now is not even baits what he needs to place in front of you is a trigger that's why I said baits and triggers right so we have baits oftentimes baits is for someone who has not been caught someone who has not been caught you place a bait Mm -hmm. so he sees something and he's like he's inquisitive let me see more let me go further yeah. and then he goes all the way yeah. there's almost ultimately all to pornography yeah. then he now begins to want yeah. it and want it now yeah. somebody who 
has been baited, has been caught, is trying to get away or oh. got away. You now start using triggers. Now, why am I saying this? Because that might not necessarily apply to the fish, but fish, but now to yeah. to the human mind. Now is what I'm speaking to. So basically, from images you have seen, from music videos, from a lot that you've taken in from the society. So you have the triggers. You have the bait already. So you, the devil doesn't even need to give you a bait. All he needs is to just remind or play an image of what has already been in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, and somehow you know that is there. So what happens in that state now, where the trigger is already in your mind? Where you've already you've taken the bait, you start the love. So you now see where the Bible now says, Be a transformed by the renewing. Do you see? Every you, you want to change what your body is doing, but you don't want to change what your mind what is doing. It's not gonna work. Yeah. And it's largely what the church has been preaching. Stop fornicating that is what your body is doing, they're talking about. What about what was the mind? The mind now needs to undergo a process of renewing. renewing. Mm. It needs to undergo because you took a bait that now taught your mind a way of thinking. thinking. True. And many believers struggle with this because I, you know, I've had guys even talk to me about mm-hmm. this and all of that. They really want to be good and do good, but it's like your own mind is totally different from it. So mm-hmm. in as much as I go to church and they tell me, do not fornicate, do not do this, what happens when I go home and my mind is replaying scenes exactly. of things before I accepted Christ that I've been? So how do I renew my mind? How do I guard my heart? There's two things: renewing my mind and guarding my heart. How do I do this? David showed us now. It's not David that you, the example of David you gave. Yeah. Where you said David saw a woman, he lost it after her, right? Yeah. He's the same person who prayed about a a a a, a new heart being given yes. to him, yeah. right? Yeah. But see what he also said. He said, "Where which a young man make his ways pure, uh, pure." Yeah. He said, "By taking heed unto thy word." The reason why the thing is, you took something, you took a bait. You paid attention to the thing. You walked with it and you learnt a way of thinking. Now it, lay, it has a stronghold over you. You want to break free. The way to make your mind pure again is by taking heed to something. Taking heed to the word of God. Because with the word of God, you can purify your mind. The word of God has the ability to purify the mind of a man. The word of God has the ability to set a man free from what has a stronghold over him. Because the way to break free from a stronghold is to have something else have a stronghold over you. So what would you say? So the way to break free from this addiction is to become addicted to something else. And oftentimes you see most people who want to break free from an addiction. They look for something else to begin to do. Do you understand? So the word of God now becomes your addiction. It is now what you long for, like you you long for cocaine. So, you so, long for, so what you're what saying you is for. you reading the word of God. No, even before you know you get another trigger, mm-hmm. you just feel yourself up with so much of God. Yes. That even when those thoughts comes, there's no so there's no there's ground for it to grow. There's nothing to help it grow. Mm-hmm. And so it's just that word that just keeps suppressing. So it's not more it's no more a conducive environment for it to try. Exactly. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. So because what the word of God will do to you is to renew your thinking. I, I you know I didn't finish what he said. He said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through true God. God. The, not this the weapons of our warfare. That means we have tools we use. To fight. And it's not just the shield of faith. The shield of faith will shield you, right? But there is also the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It is with it you will cut out those things that have jumped into your mind and they've built, they've built a structure. You bring those things down. So the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God 
to what? To the pulling down of strongholds. So you see what the word of God will do? That thing that has a stronghold over your mind is to pull it down. Its strength over you, right, will be destroyed. Right? To the pulling down of stronghold, casting down imaginations. That's the formation of images, which are especially for people who are stuck with sexual immorality. The thoughts first. Right? Now, not what he said, casting down imagination, bringing to to obedience every thought by uh, bringing uh, uh, to captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Yes. Not this so bringing to captivity every thought, bringing to captivity. captivity. So the thought might start, but the word of God will bring, bring it, it to, to captivity. captivity. So you might see a lady and he's trying to trigger something in the inside of you. What the word of God will do is it will bring it to captivity. You see how it helps you. So you will not go all the way anymore yes. and fall. The moment the devil begins to try to do anything, he brings that thing to captivity. captivity. So instead of the thought, because what what is basically thought? Thoughts, uh, what is imagination? Is image formation. The formation of images in your mind. What is thought? Is the processing of the image. So the image is formed. You process the image. The image is formed. Imagination. Processing the image into a full storyline is thought. So now, what he will do is he will capture those images. So he when, the image, when he brings the images, what you, so what do you do at that point? Is it that you begin to say recite the word of God in your mind? As the Spirit of God leads you at that time, he, there are times when he will begin to make you recite the word of God in your mind. Okay. He will give you instructions. He will lead you. And that's why anybody who is going to do this needs the Holy Spirit. So I have a question, right? Because for instance, um, my own way of tackling this is when it comes, the first thing I do is I just ask God for the ask him to take over and take control so basically i do not now rely on my strength i say okay you know what this feeling is here i don't want to feel like i'm strong enough to overcome it god take control of it so i don't know if that is also a way of um you know someone could actually also invite the holy spirit now begin to teach them on what to do next so when the feeling comes you know most times we feel like okay we are so strong we could do this and next time we end up falling for this so what does it happen when it comes and we're like god come and be my strength to overcome this because i do not want any part of this and i do not want this to overshadow me so I'm just asking, like, yes. is that also a part of the scripture? Know? Answers that it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, heart. not some part of your heart. Okay. Because if you trust in the Lord with some part of your heart, then you've left some part for yourself, mm-hmm. and, and you you must recognize you are the one who is weak here, yes. right? So when he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, yeah. he then goes on to say, lean not on your own understanding. He's saying you will lean. But you will not lean on your understanding of how you are going to break free from this thing, what you are supposed to do about it. So you must trust in the Lord with all your heart. You can't lean on your own understanding. You lean on His understanding. You lean on His instruction. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Then He says, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. He will direct your path. Not now. He's not saying some of your ways. He's not saying sometimes when you are tempted, acknowledge Him. Anytime you are tempted, Acknowledge him. Turn to him quickly. Acknowledge him as the one who will help you out of this temptation. Acknowledge as, uh, him as the one who will strengthen you out of this weakness. Yeah. When you acknowledge him, yeah. what he will do is this. He will direct your path. So often you see people say, yes, I was going to fall into the temptation. Why didn't God stop me? You didn't acknowledge, acknowledge him. him. Because if you acknowledge him as the one who will help you, yeah. there is always one thing that happens once you acknowledge him. He directs your path. Your out of it. And what did the psalmist say? He said, he will lead you, he leads me in the path of righteousness. So he can't lead you into, if I read the New Testament, James was not speaking, he won't lead you into temptation. Do you understand?
trusting Allah with all your heart, leaning on your understanding, in all your ways, acknowledging and He will direct your path. There is no way God will direct your path further into temptation. He will direct your path in the right out of temptation. He will direct you in the path of righteousness. That's what the psalmist says. Because says. most of the people face temptation, they're like, oh, is God trying to tempt me? Is God trying to... No, 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 God no, doesn't try to tempt anybody. He you in the path of He's not consistent That's the wrong notion of who God is. Yes. So basically what he does is actually leading you out of it when constantly, you know, your mind strongholds or the enemy just tries to clog you with temptations and let you fall he leads you out of it he gives yes. you the strength to overcome that yes. temptation so this is really nice so i think i've learned three things from what you're saying the first thing is not to take the bait and when the trigger comes if maybe in the past you've taken the bait you know use the word feel yourself so much of the word of god that it becomes a, um you know your strength mm-hmm. and then one thing is also acknowledge that he is there so when you overcome when this temptation comes acknowledge you know his presence and tell him to help you chew out of this and then he would give you things to do and how to get out of it do not always rely on your own strength and they don't always feel like you are alone always acknowledge that god this temptation is here right now how do i overcome this give me the strength to overcome it be my strength and take me out of this feeling is that is that is that is that actually right sure okay so i think we'll talk more about this because i feel this is a topic that is actually really broad and i feel there's even more things to touch about you know lost in in the sense but thanks so much because i feel this is also you know quite insightful and i'm sure this has helped someone out there this has really really helped someone out there thank you so much can i add one thing you know how about when the temptation is glaring in your face Every day. So, for instance, a, a guy who, who who works in the office, and maybe his secretary, for instance, or his coworker, or someone, you know, <laughs> is the temptation. So, every day you go to work, now you have. Let's be practical. Every day you go yeah. to work, you have the debate the in front of you every single day. What? Very powerful question, right? So, so yeah. scripture still answers this. There's nothing scripture doesn't answer, oh, really? okay. so right? It says, it? Uh, 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 it says, he said, well, I think that was where James was speaking. He said, when when you are tempted, let no man say, when he is tempted, that he is tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does he tempt any with evil. Wow. For every man is tempted when he is carried away by his own desire. So, if you are tempted by someone every day at the office. <laughs> what you need to work on is your desire. Wow. <laughs> the, if you don't work on it, yeah. the reason why it, you, you can tempt me. Okay, I, I was saying something. I was talking to someone. I said I've never bought alcohol for. I've never bought alcohol for myself, and I've never even taken a drop of it, even when it, it, it was free. Yeah. I can't go buy alcohol for someone else. But no, you can't true. tempt me with alcohol. I have no, no desire for, for it. it. Yeah, I feel you. But I guarantee you can tempt me with Coke. <laughs> you can tempt me with Coca-Cola. You know why? I have desire for it. So when you find that you, there is it, you there is a constant temptation along a particular line, desire is a thing. So you mean you need to start working on your heart. You need to start working on your heart. You need to. Start, that's why you see. Or ultimately, your desire for God will ultimately trump that thing. You need the, you need to channel desire is the problem here. Channel yes, it towards something. Right thing. Do you understand? True. Channel it towards the right thing, and then you it will not be channeled towards so the wrong thing. That's what the Bible says. Sorry, let me just run yeah, on with that scripture. Okay. Bible is, the Bible says in the book of Matthew, yeah. he said, where your eyes, your eye is, your yeah. treasure is yes, also. Yes, true. That's so true. So put your eyes on another prize mm-hmm. that 
that ultimately suppresses and just tramples on this other, you know, mm -hmm. this other. Because you can't shut desire down. It's a normal, normal thing. A good thing given to yes. you is the direction, directing of it. I feel you have a higher desire. You know that would trample on every other desire, and so you know, and that desire should be God. He's yes. the ultimate one we should desire. That's my. So, but I have a question about the option of fleeing. Fleeing. Just like Joseph said. He, he, definitely. Okay. So now, <laughs> in the case of Joseph, ultimate, you need to my understand. Ultimate why? That used to be my ultimate goal, too, so I just run away. Yes. So, but so, you see, for you to run away, yeah. then ultimately the threat is presented. We're not talking bait anymore. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. The threat is even with the bait. Yeah. Leave the bait, run yeah. away. Do you understand? Yeah. Even with the trigger. <laughs> yeah. If you know, oh, I go here and there's a trigger there every day. Yeah. Stay, stay away. away. Okay. <laughs> stay away. Okay. But you're talking. Your, uh, the, the question you asked earlier yeah. was with workplace. Yeah, right? so you can run away. You, you can ultimately yeah, you, you can leave. The question is, <laughs> let me ask the question. When you, you go to another place, you go to another place. So you see, this is where you cannot uh, cons you cannot keep running away. If you understand what I mean, you cannot just use that method of physically be being, being absent, absent from a place as the way to run away. Sometimes. When, especially when you cannot be physically absent, absent from the from place, the place yeah. what do you now do? The runaway has to have another uh, a definition or another expression, basically. Because your mind, running away from right? Exactly. So you run away from the thoughts. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? Yeah. You, you run away, you, you begin to yield yourself to that which takes you away from that thought. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is really, this was really an insightful um, section with you. Um, Mr. Robert, and I'm really glad you know have you here. Thank you so Pleasure's much. Right. Thank you so so much. Uh, you know for being here. Uh, we usually say a very short prayer. You know to round up our segment as we just come to a close. You know on this segment. So I don't know if you could do that for us too. Father, in the name of Jesus, Amen. thank you for your word that has come with power. Thank you for those listening. Thank you, thank you because you love them. Yes. Thank you because you're showing them you love them. Thank you because you're showing them. You want to bring them out of it. Thank you because you're showing them. You will bring them out of it. You can bring them out of it. I speak over everyone trusting God for help. Today, receive help now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I speak over your body. The Bible says, if the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead, dead dwell in you, he will by that same spirit quicken your mortal body. Receive strength in your mind. Receive strength in your body to overcome sin. I declare now, finally, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. Glory to God. Wow. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much. Bye, guys.